afternoon, good evening, or good night, depending on where and when you are. It's Wednesday morning for me, December the 14th, 2021. Going to talk a whole lot today. We're talking vaccinations. We're talking masks. We're talking mandates. We're talking tornadoes. We're talking job rules. Whole bunch of stuff, whole bunch of stuff. I am the Meatball. This is Meatballs for America. Episode number five, the podcast. Uh, I'm going to start right off with a phone call. I got a bunch of phone calls this week. This one's really long. This is what I want, though. If there's something out there bothering you, call in, talk about it. We'll discuss it. Hopefully, we can get other phone calls in to talk about it. If you want to come on and discuss something, get in touch with me. We'll see if we can work that out. But anyway, phone call number one. It's a little long. Doesn't have to do with the mandates and all, but uh, I think it's a pretty good gripe. Listen in. Yo, Meatball. How you doing, man? I got a gripe for you, something that's really, really just getting under my skin right now. First and foremost, I want to say send my prayers and condolences to the people of Kentucky and Illinois and all the places that were affected by those tornadoes. My thoughts and prayers are with all of you, and I do not mean to sound insensitive in this situation, but I'm seeing reports about that candle factory in Kentucky that was leveled, and the employees were saying that, if they left after the tornado warning was issued, if they left their jobs, they could have been fired. They, their jobs literally were threatened. So some of them actually stayed, which more or less contributed to a loss of life there. So I just want to say the thing that's bothering me the most is, one, how do you threaten your employees with termination for trying to be safe? That's one. It just goes to show you that you're just another ant in the colony in this corporate world that we live in. That's the first gripe. The second gripe is, why would you stay? Not to be rude or anything like that, but why would you stay? Your job could be replaced. Your money could be replaced. You cannot Yet you stayed because your employer threatened you. There's even other people saying we weren't given the option to leave. What option is there? There is no option. The option is to leave. Whether they tell you you can leave or not, you go. You go because you have a family. You don't need to worry about money in a situation like that. It's absolutely ridiculous that you would need to be told you're allowed to leave in order to leave during a tornado warning. Okay, it's absolutely unbelievable to me that you would even think about staying in a situation like that, you know, and let me tell you something right now. If they told me you're fired, if you leave, I'd say, okay, no problem. See you later. You leave, you get fired, you lawyer up, you probably get a settlement and you would definitely have a new job before FEMA even had a chance to cut a check. Why? Because the entire country cannot hire enough people to go to work right now because of the staffing shortages. Work is falling off trees for anybody that wants to do it. So, yeah, fire me. Kick me out. Let me clean out my locker. I'll see you later, and I'll see you in court. Get me a nice fact check when no judge in the world would ever rule against me in a situation like that. So you go because you're alive. And when the tornado that kills you because you decided to stay comes through, I'll be alive and I'll get a new job. Thank you. I hope everybody has a merry, merry Christmas and enjoy your holiday festivities. See you later, Meatball. All righty, thank you for that call. First things first, thoughts, prayers, and positive vibes 
out to everybody affected by these tornadoes. If you lost somebody or if you suffered uh, any other financial or losses, prayers and best wishes to you. And uh, let's get out there and help these people if we can. Now, I wasn't really familiar with this situation. I knew there were tornadoes and hurricanes and some people hurt. Uh, after I listened to this call last evening, I did do a little research. And uh, it's two sides of the story. I'm not sure what's uh, accurate and what's not. An employee is quoted as saying, I said, man, you're going to refuse to let us leave, even if the weather is this bad and the tornado's not here yet. He was like, if you want to decide to leave, if you want to leave, you can leave, but you're going to be terminated. You're going to be fired. Eliza Johnson, a worker, said in an interview Tuesday. So uh, I don't know if I read that real well for you, but that's a, that was an employee quote. I uh, don't know why he would lie about it. Now, a company spokesperson from the same article, his quote is, when asked about the allegation, a spokesman for the company that owns the factory said the company had spoken with supervisors working that night who all denied any employees were told they'd be fired if they left. Bob Ferguson, the spokesman, noted some employees did leave that night and employees are generally free to come and go without retribution. Uh, now, I believe it was six workers were killed in that facility, which is unbelievable. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly with the caller. Uh, I don't know who you think you are to tell people if they're in danger, they have to stay or they lose their job. Uh, I have two stories I'm going to tell you that kind of relate to that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I would leave. Uh, I would. You're not telling me to stay. Uh, I'm a great employee. I'm going to do everything to help you make money when I work for you. Uh, but tornado, fire, anything like that, pfft, I'll save your kids. I'll save coworkers. I'll save your wife. I'll probably save your dog or even your parent if that's in the office. Your money, your fantasy football trophy, anything like that, pfft, burning, blowing away, whatever the tragedy is, it's suffering it, and I'm saving my ass. Uh, but uh, stories, I got to say. Uh, when I was in college, uh, I got a job waiting on tables at one of the restaurants in a casino in Atlantic City. Um, I was young. It was a summer job. I was either 19 or 20. But during, uh, what was it, onboarding or orientation, whatever they do at the beginning, uh, we're going through the handbook. And there's some rules of uh, what you do in case of a fire. Uh, now, this pertained more to dealers. They were also in orientation. They had, you know, they bring everybody who got hired, no matter what their position, in for like a week to do this stuff. But uh, in the handbook, in uh, case of a fire, they explain how you have to secure their money and their chips and cover them all up before you leave your station. Yeah, that's happening. <laughs> your chips and your money are burning up. I'm sorry, pal. Uh, yeah, you don't, in an emergency situation, your life first, their assets, 15th, 20th down the line, in importance. Uh, another story, I was a waiter again. It was in college. I uh, went to work on a Friday morning. I worked a double every Friday because I didn't have classes on Fridays then. I had classes Monday through Thursday. Fridays, I worked a double. Thursday nights, a bunch of us from uh, where I worked went out. Uh, you know, Thursdays was a good night out. So I get to work Friday. I don't feel good. Uh, my belly's bothering me. I was up most of the night getting sick. I actually didn't even go out that Thursday night because I didn't feel well. So I ended up a little late for work, and my side was killing me when I got there. And I'm generally like a half hour early for work, so it was odd that I was late. 
So I explained to them I wasn't feeling well and uh, I might need to go home. They told me, no, they're shorthanded. No way you're going home. Uh, and actually gave me punishment work for being late. I had to clean some shelves uh, and I could barely stand up at this time. So I'm cleaning the shelves. Uh, the lunch rush starts. I'm having a hard time waiting on people. I go to my boss. I was like, I, I, I can't do this. I have to go home. He says, no, no, no. He says, I'll put you in a slow station and we'll try not to seat you. So they moved me to a part of the restaurant that was closed. I got like one table. They got too busy. They had to give me one. By now, the pain was unbelievable. I went to my boss and I told him, either I quit, I'm fired. I don't give a flying fuck. I'm dying. And I left. Uh, within an hour and a half, I was having surgery. My appendix was about to burst. Uh, they sent me a bunch of flowers and stuff. Uh, I was out of work like six weeks for that. But yeah, he wanted me to stay. I actually think they called my father to find out if I was coming in for the second half of my shift after I left. And he was like, he's having surgery. So uh, they're my stories about a boss trying to make me do what he wanted me to do. Um, another one of uh, my complaints about uh, employers or employees that Bezos of Amazon and this Blue Horizon, this fake space travel. You go 66 miles up in the air. Some man decided that's where space starts. I don't think you're in space. To me, it's more of a, I don't know, a carnival ride. You fly up 66 miles and then you come down in a parachute. I think the whole thing lasts 15, 20 minutes. I don't know. But anyway, they had to cancel the original blast off on Thursday from West Texas because of uh High winds and weather. Obviously, the tornadoes were coming in. So, uh, in an Amazon uh, facility, six employees got killed Friday night during the tornadoes and hurricanes. And Saturday morning, uh, Bezos uh, still sent the flight up. Ten of them, I think, were on the flight uh, Saturday morning after Amazon employees were killed. Uh, I don't think that should happen. That flight should have been postponed. Strahan, you wanted to go into space. I still don't think you want into space. Yeah, you, you took a high plane ride is really what you did. Uh, but uh, there are my thoughts on that. Uh, I'm going to get into vaccinations, masks, and mandates. Uh, I have two former school employees, a teacher and uh, it might be two teachers who left messages about how they feel about masks and the mandates. We're going to start off with them. We're going to listen to those two and then we're going to discuss it. Alrighty, to make the Meatballs for America podcast the most interesting and make it accomplish the most, I'm going to need your opinions, which means you got to call me, 307 307- 363-2669, or you could email me, meatballsforamerica at yahoo.com. That's all lowercase and the number four. You can find me on Twitter at MBS4America. The M, the B, the S, and the A are capitalized. It is the number four at MBS4America on Twitter. Or you can find me, Frank Talker, on Facebook. Leave me messages there. Send me friend requests. Follow me. Look for questions uh, that I'm going to ask for the show on those places. But uh, we're going to get back to some more phone calls. But again, I need your opinions. I need your voices to make this show fun and entertaining. So uh, we're going to go on with some teachers now. Meatballs for America, masks in schools. What do you got to say? Yeah, this is Gabados. And I'm calling to tell you I'm for masks in schools for the children and for the teachers. I'm was a, I'm a retired teacher, and I think it is needed to protect the children and the teachers and, and, and the staff of the schools. 
That's my opinion. See you later, meeples. Hey, just wanted to leave a little comment about the mask mandates in the school districts of New Jersey. I am an employee of the district, and pretty much the kids will do whatever the adults say, which is sad. As a staff member, we are not happy with the mask mandates, but then again, we just have to do what they say because we want to keep our jobs. So if I had my way, I wouldn't wear it, and I think it's up to the parents to decide if the children should go to school with them. Have a great one. All righty. So, uh... Two teachers or two school employees, opposite opinions. Uh, unfortunately, that's the way most of America is. Uh, but we got to discuss these things. We got to talk them out. Uh, I'll start off a little bit about me. Uh, I turned myself into a little bit of a germaphobe over this uh, whole pandemic. I read too much and I can't forget it. Um, I used to be a a not so skeevy type person. I mean, I, I literally would drop something on the floor and not even a five second rule. I pick it up and eat it. Uh, I've actually won a bet with a, a coworker who threw a gummy bear on the floor and stepped on it. And I picked it up and ate it. Cause I really said, it ain't going to hurt me. <laughs> then this disease came out and I started studying germs and pandemics and COVID and vaccines and reading all that. And I'll be honest, I don't even hug and kiss my family right now. Uh, I'm a little worried. I have had health issues. I have heart trouble. So I was told early on before it even got here to keep an eye on what's going on in Europe, because if it comes to an America, I could be in big trouble. Um, and this was back in January of 2020. Uh, and that's when I really started following it. But uh, as far as masks go, uh, I think I may have said it a little earlier. I got more masks than I ever thought I'd have. I got more than I need. Uh, and I could probably supply a small hospital. But uh, I wear them. My line of thinking is if it needs to come out of my nose or my mouth and go into somebody through their nose, mouth, or eyes in order for it to transmit, if all noses and mouths are covered, it's got to do something. Uh, a lot of people say, well, hey, it's much smaller. And yeah, that spiky little ugly fucker COVID uh, thing that they put on TV. I don't know if that really looks like that or not. But it's scary looking and ugly looking. And I call him this spiky little motherfucker. Um, it is much smaller than holes in masks, what a lot of people say. Not much smaller than N95 masks, by the way. But it is smaller. But uh, I look at it this way. If you spray your hose at a chain link fence, each one of those droplets is much smaller than the holes in the fence. Does all the water get to the grass in the yard next to you or does some of the water stick to that fence? And that's how masks work. And the other thing, all these learned professionals in science and the medical field have been wearing masks since the beginning of medicine and science. Don't you think one of those smart people would have realized that these hospitals are wasting millions of dollars a year on all these masks if they did nothing? Now, I'm not a scientist. I don't know if for sure they affect you. And, you know, I started wearing one early on, even practicing. I sat and watched TV for 15 minutes with a mask on at the beginning of this. Uh, I walk about a mile or two every day. I started wearing a mask when I did my walk. Now, it is annoying. Uh, I do sometimes get out of breath. Uh, I recently did a couple of things where I had to wear the mask for uh, extended periods of time. And it is uncomfortable. Uh Carry a couple and carry a handkerchief. And, you know, once you get a little too wet or too out of breath in there, take a break, go out, wipe down your face and change your mask. That's what I do. Um, like I said, I, I don't know how much they help the way I see it. They can't hurt. 
And I don't think it's any less constitutional than making me wear pants in a store to wear a mask. In fact, some of these people look much better in masks. Uh, but that's how I feel about masks. Now, I got uh, two more calls from uh, regular people. One's a comedian and a performer. And uh, one's just a regular everyday guy. Uh, he calls uh, a few times. But they're discussing how they feel about masks and mandates and how this pandemic has affected their lives. So let's take a listen into those calls. Yo, this is Ravioli here. I had to call and leave a comment about this mask mandate bullshit. I mean, it's pretty obvious that most Americans want the choice to wear a mask. No one wants to be told they have to wear a mask, especially if you're vaccinated, triple vax, boosted, I had COVID. It's a joke. It's an absolute fucking joke. It's a political thing. It doesn't do anything to protect anyone. And it's a, it, it, it's a crying shame. And I've taken unscientific polls. And I tell you, one out of every 30 people like putting that mask on or think they're virtue signaling or saving someone. And don't give it to my grandmother bullshit. They're fucking idiots. That's what those people are. Absolute fucking idiots. So that's my opinion. Ravioli out. All righty, Ravioli. Uh, Ravioli is starting to be a regular caller, and he has a very strong opinion about this. Um, I'm going to start off with, yes, I think we should have the choice. I'm against mandates. I don't believe the government should be telling its people what it should do, especially not the federal government. It's completely unconstitutional. Our forefathers set this country up so that if we get an idiot like Mr. Biden in office, he can't mandate the entire country to do everything. It's basically the states have more power than the federal government. Um, they set it up that way on purpose to stop uh, a lunatic from winning this country if he becomes president. But the state and local governments, even school boards, they most certainly constitutionally have the right in the name of public safety to enforce such rules as mandates uh, on masks and vaccines. Vaccine mandates have been around forever. We've None of us would have went to school um, if we weren't vaccinated. In fact, that's why homeschooling got so big because the people who have religious objections that aren't real uh, – had to object to vaccines and start homeschooling their kids. But that's one of the big major reasons why there's so much homeschooling now. Uh, we just are so opposed to this vaccine because it's the first time in any of our lifetimes that there's been an active killing pandemic like this. And uh, all this uh, BS about fake news. Uh, there's been more than 800,000 Americans who died of this disease. It's been the third leading killer of Americans uh, for most of the last year and a half. One, at, more than one out of every 50 people who get COVID die before they recover. It's currently uh, one in 49. For the longest time, it was one in 40. But uh, that's gotten a lot better thanks to vaccinations. Because since May of 2020, 19 out of every 20 COVID deaths have come from the smaller unvaccinated portion of the population. 
Um, 90% of all hospitalizations in the United States and almost worldwide are unvaccinated people. So the vaccines are doing something. Um, Vaccines don't prevent transmission. They never did. No vaccine in history has ever caused any fertility or sterility problems. There's nothing of the 7 billion plus doses of this administered worldwide that leads us to believe this one will have uh, any effect on that, despite what Aaron Rodgers says. So uh, you got to really look at the true information on the vaccines and you have to talk to your doctors. Uh, one other quick thing, because they talk about safety, we have no idea what this is going to do further down the line. Uh, a vaccine is designed to be identified as a threat and destroyed by your body's immune system. Uh, exactly what happens if you catch a disease and recover it and you encounter it again. Your body identifies the disease and destroys it. Natural immunity is a little stronger. However, one out of 49 people who catch COVID die before they acquire natural immunity. So uh, I believe the vaccine is our best uh, effort against it. I don't believe the government should tell us to take it. But just because you're uh, anti-mandate, don't spread horrifying news about the vaccine if you're not sure of it. Uh, Real quick. Penicillin, which is a very, very safe medication and has helped the human race forever now. Um, There are 2.5 million penicillin prescriptions written a year in the United States of America. Of those 2.5 million people who receive those prescriptions, 500 to 1,000 of them a year die. So if we go right in the middle at 750 die from 2.5 million prescriptions, Um, There have been over seven and a half billion doses of the vaccine given. Uh, A billion is a thousand million. So two and a half million, a thousand of them would be 2.5 billion. So you'd have a thousand 750s, which is, uh, I believe, 75,000, 750,000. I'm sorry. That would be 750,000 deaths in two and a half billion doses. And uh, it's over 2.2 million deaths uh, of the 7 billion if this medicine was only as safe as penicillin. And it's tracking much, much safer as there are much less than 10,000 deaths uh, related to the vaccine. Actually, I think it's under 1,000. I haven't thoroughly investigated that. However, vaccines are doing something. Uh, They really are. Whether they should be mandated, like I said, I don't think so. But please speak to your physician and know the information. Don't believe conspiracy theorists and don't believe everything you read on the social media sites. You can get all the accurate information online because the internet is the greatest, most comprehensive library in the world. But you got to check your sources. You got to know what you're reading. I got another call coming up. This is a comedian. Uh, He's going to talk a little bit about how COVID and these mandates and restrictions affected him. So without further ado, here's that call. Hey, meatballs. Joe from New Rochelle. Uh, how do I feel about the vaccination and mask mandate being a performer? As I'm a stand-up comedian, 30 years in the business, I've seen everything, but of course I haven't seen this. And uh, I understand it. It sucks. It's, a, it's been like a, you know, a two-year hit on my income. And I'm almost just used to it now. I'm used to my income sucking. 
it really affects theaters more than clubs. And uh, it's tough. Because as a performer, we do we do door deals sometimes. You know, we get we get bonuses for the more people that are there, or we're getting percentages of the door. So when less people buy tickets, of course, we're making less money. So it sucks, but I totally understand. You know, I'm not one of those jerk offs that's all about his money. It's important, but uh, safety's first. So somehow I get it. I guess that it helps that I have a wife that has a good income. Uh, if I didn't, I'd have to I'd have to get another job on the side of some sort. But it is starting to come back. I mean, uh, I have a really busy January and February. I didn't even think about it that some of that stuff could get canceled. I hope not. Because I'm going to Florida. I have about twelve gigs in uh in January and February for my remember when tour that I'm traveling all over the place for. So hopefully they stay. They're mostly uh they're mostly clubs. So I should be alright. I I meatballs. That was a long one. I left a long one. I'm sorry. I, I'm long winded. Seven thirty AM. Alright man. Have a good one. Love the show. First time long time. Alrighty, uh, that's Joe Matarese, comedian friend of mine. We actually started comedy together years ago before we were 21. Um, he stuck with it. He's doing a great job. Look for him at JoeMatarese.com. You can find his shows and dates of performances there. That remember when that he referenced to. I've seen last year's version and this year's. Both very good. It's just a great throwback to the funny things we experienced uh, as kids, teenagers, and young adults in the South Jersey, South Philadelphia area. But uh, Joe Matarese, remember when? Check out that tour. Check out JoeMatarese.com for dates and show times. You can also find him on Instagram and TikTok. He's got a lot of funny videos and bits of his comedy. Uh, he actually, uh, when we started out, he recorded over my first and only tape of me performing back then. Uh for some reason, I left it in his car. I think we had gone to a show together. I was always recording him on the same VHS tape so we could watch it. I left it with him, and uh, he recorded over it. So uh, all my early performances are gone. Uh, I have a bunch of performances on one of my computers that's password locked and I can't get into. Hopefully, I'll be able to find some, maybe play some of them. Who knows? But, Joe, uh, thank you for your input. It, it is affecting people. I, myself, uh, have been out of work since March 14th of 2020. Uh, I'm eating into my savings. I'm running out of money. If you can find me a job, people, let me know. Uh, call me, email me. Nah, just kidding. I, I am looking for work, though. You can help me with that. A uh, little... Uh, Calls now. I'd ask people to give me a call on their favorite candy bars. I'm just going to give a mashup at the end of some of these calls coming in. As a kid, I used to love the Three Musketeers bar and the Hershey bar. Um, as a little older now, I'm a big Twix guy. Uh, so this week, I want you to give me some phone calls on your favorite dinner. What meal you would definitely have if you got the death penalty. I've always said I'll do three pounds of bacon and then request the electric chair. So people could say, that meatball, he was a son of a bitch. But man, he smelled delicious. That's my dream. But I, I want to thank you all for listening in again. This is the Meatballs for America podcast. I am the meatball. You can reach me at 307 363 
1-800-242-9669. Or you can reach me via email, meatballs4america at yahoo.com. All lowercase and in number four, I am Frank Talker on Facebook. Send me a friend request. And I am at MBS4America on Twitter, MBS. A are capitalized, and it's the number four, MBS for America. On Twitter, find me, follow me there. Look for questions and polls. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Please feel free, leave any gripe you want. We'll discuss it. If you have any conversation to add on to what we covered today, feel free to do that also. Have a great one. Talk to you next week. Happy hump day. Yeah, my favorite uh, candy bar when I was a kid was a cloth bar. I love the cloth bar, but you can't get them anymore. This is Linguini. Over and out, me ball. Ravioli here. Favorite candy bar as a kid when I didn't have to worry about eating candy bars, man, forget it. Loved Paydays. I loved Babe Ruth. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they had a Hank Aaron bar that was in a yellow wrapper and the Babe Ruth was in a white wrapper. I think they were kind of the same, you know, peanuts, nougat, and chocolate. I would house those things. They are not my favorite anymore only because I'm older and I can't get away with eating that shit. So now my go-to is Reese's Cups. I don't know how much healthier they are, but they don't look as fattening. So Reese's Cups now, I still like those other couple, um, but I don't, I don't get them anymore, but I'm sure I would still enjoy smashing one down. All right, man, ravioli out. Yo, Meatball, it's Linguini again. I listened uh, to your last show. You made some great points. There's so much stuff going on today. And anybody that disagrees with it, we're not allowed to. It's crazy, the double standard that uh, our country is doing now. I, I can't believe it. Keep up the good work. Enjoy your thoughts. Hey, Meatballs, this is Joe from New Rochelle, New York. My favorite candy as a kid, and still is, is simple. Reese's, chocolate and peanut butter mixed together, never fails. Don't tell my son I said that because he's got a peanut allergy. Reese's. Thank you